Current Weekly on Dublin Digital Radio. cynicism is gone. We have faith in our leaders. We're optimistic as to what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism. There are no limits. <laughs> it figures it would be something like this. I've got one that can see. He's a tall Caucasian male, doesn't appear armed, wearing sunglasses. I don't like this one. You got him. Make yourself shaving this morning. You look as shitty to us as we do to you. Impossible. It would be easier if we don't have to splatter your brains. Just take it easy. You stumbled onto something here. Maybe we can all benefit from this slight misunderstanding. Now let's go someplace quiet so we can talk this over. Two weeks ago, the government unveiled a 116 billion euro investment plan. Described as the government's overarching initiative to make a better country for all of us, it sets out an agenda for infrastructural and social investment over the next two decades. This is the first time after a decade of austerity that large-scale investment in the country was announced. And of course, the government wanted it to be met with massive fanfare. Unfortunately, as Alan Coyne's groundbreaking reporting last week pointed out in the Ireland edition of The Times, much of this massive fanfare was paid for by the government. Coyne revealed that the government's strategic communications unit had paid both regional and national papers to disguise what was essentially advertisements for Ireland 2040 as real news. This week, on current Dublin Digital Radio's new flagship current affairs and political programme, we are joined by the deputy editor of Dublin Inquirer, Sam Tranum, who has written previously on the growth of adverts being masqueraded as news articles in the Irish media, and we're delighted to have him with us today. So thanks for joining me, Sam. Thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. So I think maybe to start off, we could talk about maybe your writing for the Dublin Inquirer and on the article that you wrote, I think about two years ago, on the rise of native advertising. Could you explain maybe to the listeners of Dublin Digital Radio what native advertising is and why it's not a good thing? 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, native advertising is articles that are made to look, sorry, native advertising is advertisements that are made to look like articles. Uh, and I think advertisers like these better because people are more likely to read them and take them seriously and see them as legitimate um, than they are regular display advertisements. So a yeah. regular display advertisement would be like a boxed off area on the page that has a different colored background and an entirely different design that's set up for, you know, that is set by the advertiser. Like uh, a classic to me would be a movie poster where it has yeah. like an image of the actor and it has the tagline and it has some review quotes and you can tell that this is an ad. And then a, a native advertising or sponsored content or advertorials or whatever they want to call it, there's all kinds of names, will look exactly like an article usually yeah. with a headline and call text in columns and a subhead and pictures and the whole thing. Uh, and best practice is still to mark it out as, uh, as advertising in some way. But this is often very subtle to the point where I, I, I will miss it sometimes. Um, for example, it'll say like in association with, so there, when I was writing about, uh, when I started looking into this and noticing it, uh, I, I somebody told me about a thing called Kenko Coffee versus Gangs. Yeah, uh, it was in the Irish Times a few years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I I remember seeing that, and it, it it was you know the Irish Times sent people over to uh, to Central America uh, to see how Kenko Coffee Company was working with like young people who had been in gangs to get them into legitimate work and, you know, set them on the right path kind of thing. I thought that's pretty cool. That's a yeah. big project for the Irish times to be working on. Uh, and then somebody in my reporting told me that this was, you know, uh, this was sponsored content. This was paid for, or, uh, by, by Kenco. And so I went back and looked at the articles online and it was very subtle. Like I, you had to look for it. And even when you looked for it, it didn't say, you know, advertisement. It said, like, yeah. Irish Times in association with uh, Kenco Coffee. And I got in touch with Irish Times and they said, no, yeah, this is sponsored content. Um, so I, uh, that, that was in the first article I did on this subject uh, where I looked at sort of, it's not just the Irish Times. This is very widespread practice. Pretty much every media outlet that you go to uh, would be doing this, would be taking... Yeah. Uh, Art, paid articles uh, and we get offers now and again um, in the last couple of days we got uh, an author of a book uh, that emailed in and said hey I'd like to do something with you guys at Dublin Inquirer an advertisement uh, I worked with this other newspaper and I got a great response uh, when they when they did when I paid them to do an article in uh, quotations uh, and we said you know no, we're not going to do that. But just his expectation was that this is something that all newspapers offer. You'll, if I yeah. pay you, you'll write an article about how great my book is. Is it kind of a recent phenomenon of kind of native advertising, or has it been wish? Has it been in the media for quite a while? Uh, it's been in the media in Ireland for years. Um, so, like three or four years, or decades? Well. It, the, I guess the forum has been changing over the years. When I talked to the Irish Times about this, I talked to a guy named Gary Quinn, who at the time was in charge of this kind of uh, advertising for for the Irish Times, and he said, "Look, like there's no story here. Leave me alone." Essentially, yeah. we've been we've been doing uh, what, what what were they calling them? Special reports for like decades. 
and those were sponsored content. So it's been around a long time. And it's not just Ireland by any means. I worked yeah. at, uh, in the newsroom at a newspaper, a uh, uh, national English language newspaper in India called The Statesman for a couple of years. And this was a widespread thing there too. Maybe, you know, it was very similar. They called it paid news there, but like, especially politicians would go to newspapers and say, write an article about how great I am. Uh, yeah. and, or they would even provide the article and then they would run it just like a regular story. Uh, and there was a government, uh, inquiry into this over in India a few years back. So it's, it's a pretty well-known thing, but, or pretty widespread, but I don't think it's that well-known when I wrote those articles and I was talking to sort of friends and colleagues, they were not aware. Yeah. Uh, that this was happening, and at my at uh, at my office, we get the Irish Irish Times every day, uh, and I started looking, you know, for what is sponsored content, what is what what are advertorials, and my colleagues did too, and they got very skeptical once I wrote that article. Yeah, uh, but in, in the process, while I was doing that, I we ran into in the business pages uh, a series. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. I think they're called innovation profiles, but they were profiles uh, of professors at UC or lecturers at UCD and the courses there uh, and they were not labeled in any way uh, not even like in association with not anything at all uh, they were just presented on the business page as an article uh, and I I thought well this is interesting it seems a little off so I went and looked online and in the online edition it was clearly labeled as sponsored okay but, if you read just the print edition of the Irish Times, it was completely presented exactly like an article in the business section with no sponsored, nobody's uh, logo, no in association with, none of that. Uh, so be careful what you read. And again, it's not just the Irish Times. They're not, you know, this is widespread. Choose yeah. any publication and ask them whether they do this, and I'll be interested to hear the response. <laughs> That's what was kind of so interesting um, about the last week was it was the first time that it became clear that actually the government is taking advantage of native advertising. It's maybe one thing when it's a business trying to sell a product, but it looks like the, the newspaper is endorsing that product. It's a completely different thing when the state is using it to kind of uncritically put forward its own agenda in the papers, which is what happened with the announcement of Ireland 2040. Could you maybe explain to our listeners a little bit what happened during the week? Uh, yeah. Um, Ellen Coyne had a great series of stories in the Times of Ireland, uh, which is basically how I know about all this, and I think yeah. how everybody knows about this. So all credit to her. She's done a great job, and I've been reading avidly this series of stories. But uh, basically she figured out that, uh, and I think the tip-off might have been some discussion in the doll, uh, but she followed it up and has done some great reporting uh, sort of uh, with sources on newspapers and all kinds of places uh, that the government has this Ireland 2040 plan, which is its massive vision uh, to spend, what is it, 116 million yeah. euro or something? Oh, geez, I, I don't know. Neither of us should be talking about it, I guess, yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about. But it's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the government sort of vision for where to take the country, and it includes everything from upgrading roads to uh, regenerating sort of urban centers to preparing the country for uh, climate change and all that kind of thing. And it's what they see, you know, where they see the country going and how they are going to put money behind it in, you know, all sorts of different pots yeah. to make it happen. Uh, and they want the best possible uh, spin on this or they want people to see it in the best possible light, of course, because who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, their plan. 
Uh, and last year, uh, when the Taoiseach came in, he uh, set up a strategic communications unit in the government. And I understand this to have 15 people there. And their job is to do exactly this, to get the government's message out uh, in the best way. Uh, and so it seems that uh, the strategic communications unit hired a private company called Media Force, yeah. uh, which is like an ad agency. So uh, for, they work with clients, whether it's the government or whoever, and then they go out and buy ads in whatever media uh, will suit that uh, advertising campaign the best. And, uh, and the strategic communications unit uh, said to media for us, go out and you know spread the word about our Great Ireland 2040 plan. And we don't know exactly what the instructions were. Yeah. Uh, but the result was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of paid news, a lot of advertorials, uh, native content, whatever you want to call it. And the way uh, I, I have the way I saw this uh, first person, and again, I don't want to pick on the Irish Times. They are by no means the 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 only ones who do this, but I I read the paper every day, so yeah. uh, this is where I see it. Uh, but they had a two-page spread on Ireland 2040 uh, with, that at the time I just thought was articles. I didn't realize that it was paid content. Uh, paid, I didn't realize it was advertisements until uh, Ellen in the Times of Ireland reported that this had been one of the examples of the ads that Mediaforce had bought on behalf of the government. Uh, and I and she did a somebody put up a screenshot of it, and I thought I read that, and I had no idea that was that was yeah. a paid advertisement. And so this has happened all over the country, uh, according to Ellen's reporting. It's been regional regional newspapers, local and regional papers up and down the country, uh, INM papers, the, uh, the Irish Times, all kinds of places. Uh, presumably not the Times of Ireland, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <Dr. Ellen. laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I've, I've been reading Ellen's pieces all week, and it's just every week there's, or sorry, every day there's another revelation that's just even more mind-boggling. Like, um, I think it was on Wednesday, It th there was a headline saying that there was a promise uh, by Mediaforce to the regional papers. I think it was maybe to regional and national papers, but to the papers saying if they did a good job get a, putting a positive spin on Ireland 2040, there will be more money coming their way for Brexit. When the Irish government needs to spin Brexit in a positive way, it was basically saying, we need you to do the same thing, which is deeply troubling because the newspapers are not in a financially stable situation. So any money coming to them is obviously seems to be really like really badly needed. I think I seen one local editor told told the Times uh, that the government knows that they're struggling and they've got us by the balls. Like, what would you say to that as a deputy editor in an independent newspaper? I would. I would say, what would I say? I would say, like, I wish they had more balls. I wish they, they stood over their profession and their professionalism and said no to this kind of money. But I think the fact is that the people at newspapers who care about journalism are the journalists. Yeah. And they are rarely the ones who own the publication. Uh, and the owners of the publications uh, are because of their business model, they're there to serve their advertisers and themselves and their shareholders. And uh, readers and journalists are sort of secondary considerations. Uh, almost every 
major media organization is going to be funded primarily by advertisements and so that's who they're there to serve and yeah. if you read the newspaper that's great because they can sell you to the advertisers but again you are not their major concern okay so what about do you think this is feeding into the whole maybe crisis of the media that we're having more generally over the last maybe 10 years that readers are no longer funding newspapers or different forms of media as much as they had so in some ways, can you blame the reader for allowing this kind of slip in the standards of media? Uh, I'm not sure when, like, media has always, not always, media has for at least 100 years been mostly funded by advertising. So yeah. the, the, that's not the change that has happened, I think. I think that when the internet came around, newspapers, media, all media organizations thought, this is great, this is a new way to reach readers. And they, they put all their content for free online. Uh, and it turned out that uh, doing that, even though they were selling ads next to it, ad rates online weren't as good as ad rates in the paper. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and and you didn't get the the you know two or three euro or whatever they charge for the cover price at the at the newsstand or by subscription and so uh, that and other trends have meant that news that media organizations are in a much weaker financial position and much more desperate and willing to do anything uh, for money and like everybody's outraged about the government side of this and yeah. that is reasonable but. From my perspective, the problem is that that media organizations, particularly newspapers in this case, are so willing to sell off their integrity, and so they have no standing then to be outraged if somebody buys it, you know, yeah, whether it's yeah. the government or advertisers or anybody else. Yeah, and I just I think I have one last question, and I'll let you go, Sam. Um, so there has been kind of like the government has come under a lot of slack. I know. Newspapers, for some reason, seem to be avoiding the slack, but then again, they kind of set the agenda. But um, Radcare has, seems to have gone from a position of like full-on offensive on Wednesday, stating that Ellen Coyne's report was basically saying her, I think her sources were Fianna Fáil councillors and her sources were completely, shouldn't be, like they shouldn't be taken seriously, to going on Thursday saying he will order a review of how the strategic communications operates in future. All kind of government advertorials will have to be clearly marked. Um, do you have much faith in a review of the strategic communications and a change in the operation of how this stuff is going to happen? Like, do you think there's, there is proper regulation of how native adverts um, are published in national and regional newspapers or does, or like, um, or is there reason to be critical still? I think that, for starters, I think that the the government and its you know fellow travelers have went on an offensive against Ellen and her reporting and tried to discredit it and have and I, I feel like ordering this inquiry is a sign uh, that they've been unable to do that and that her reporting has stood up and she's right uh, yeah. and that th that this is basically an admission of, of culpability that they see they've done something wrong and they can't talk their way out of it, so they need to at least have an inquiry, whether or not they do anything at, at the end of inquiry or not. Uh, I don't know, but I, I, 
I think in the end it doesn't matter. I think that even if the government comes out with some sort of guidelines that it's going to be more clearly marked, that it's going to say in large words in association with or sponsored by or whatever sort of uh, opaque phrase they decide that they are required to use, uh, it doesn't matter because as you sort of hinted at there, there's not adequate enforcement and there's no point in having a law or a guideline or anything else unless somebody's enforcing it. Uh, whether it's the associate, the advertisers, you know, trade association, uh, or the press ombudsman's office here, there's just not adequate uh, yeah. penalties for 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 um, sorry for running uh, poorly marked or confusingly marked uh, advertorials that people might mistake for news articles. And beyond that, like the, the, the financial incentives and the structural incentives for newspapers to want to run these ads, uh, for advertisers to want them to get them in there and for the government to want to get them in there. Like who is, yeah. who's, who has a financial incentive to stop this? No one. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, just a little plug for Dublin Inquirer here at the end. Like the, uh, we we feel that the only way to get good journalism is to change these financial incentives so that the newspaper or the media organization is set up in a way uh, that it has to care about the reader because that's where the money's coming from, rather than in a way where the money's coming from the advertiser. So like, fuck the readers; they can come, they can go, whatever. We're getting the money from the advertiser, and that's yeah. who we're there to serve. Uh, so that's why we decided to try to be. Uh, reader supported and how is that going for you uh it's going all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we don't have some big fancy you know office building like the irish times or, or inm or anybody paid yeah. for by the advertisers but we do have a little office and we are still around and we are able to pay our staff reporter salaries and freelancers and everybody else and we we think you know we're doing we're doing journalism we can stand over and be proud of and we can say no to these people who want us to run articles that look advertisements yeah. that look like articles so that's brilliant that's yeah and we encourage all our listeners to subscribe and read dublin inquirer because it's brilliant it's doing a great job okay sam i think that's it for today thanks very much for talking to us on current here you bet nice to chat with you so that was sam Tranum from dublin inquirer joining us this week on current you can check out sam's article on native advertising under the headline at the irish times at sometimes masquerade as journalism which is also in the show bio. And please pick up a copy of Dublin Enquirer or even better subscribe to it as it's doing an amazing job at reporting what's going on locally. You can also subscribe to Dublin Digital Radio over on Patreon to keep this show on the road. And uh, that's it for this week and see you next Monday. <laughs>